You know when you listen to your wife, you have a good life. <laughs> Is that in the Bible? I can't remember. It should be. Yeah, maybe Proverbs. Well, good morning, everyone. It's so good uh, to be here today and uh, to, to have so many of you join us. And um, really look forward to what God's going to do today and what He is doing in our midst. And um, today, my message is a vision of Pentecost. As you know, May is the month of Pentecost Sunday, which is in a couple of weeks. And it's quite amazing that as I was preparing this, I told Len that I was going to be speaking from 1 Corinthians 12, and so I asked him to speak from 1 Corinthians 11. But this week, I changed it to Acts chapter 2 and the breaking of bread with the fellowship of believers, and then Len basically preach my message, praise God. So I don't need to do it now, I'm joking. But, um, but it's amazing, you know, when the Holy Spirit is speaking, it's not just from one place, it's from another place, it's from another place. And that's very much what I'm going to be talking to you about today. It says in the Bible that it's two or three witnesses, right, that confirm what God's saying. And so I want to, I want to share not only the Word of God for you today, but also... Uh, really the vision of what's to come. And so if you're with us today for the first time, you've come on a good week, uh, because you're going to be hearing what we're all about, what we're looking to achieve, what really what we see in the future as a church and in this city. And really to hear about the journey that we've come on and where we're going. And so um, to do that, I really want to um, just remind us all of the vision, really. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot of change between... 2019 and 2021, it's been a lot of change, amen? But I think God has been up to something. I think God has been shifting and changing things, not just for us, but for the worldwide church. I think he just wanted to shake us a little bit. And, I, you know, I'm not saying that COVID is a good thing. I'm not saying that people dying is a good thing. What I'm saying is he allows bad things to happen to bring about good, amen? Right throughout the Bible, that's a thing that you see. You see that with Joseph in Egypt. You see that in the book of Acts and everywhere else, that God brings all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so today I want to remind you of our mission, which you're going to see on the screen behind me, which is that we exist to love our city and transform lives and culture for the glory of God and for the good of others. Okay, that is a mission. That is what we're called to do. That, is, that isn't new. That's been on... Ever since we've been a church, that has been on our website, that's been on our material. We want to see our city transformed, we want to see culture transformed with a Christian influence, with a Christian voice that's not only just insular within church walls, but also outside of the four walls as well. And of course, to fulfill our mission, it's important not just what we do, but who we become. And so when we talk about mission, we also talk about vision, what we see as well, what we see us becoming. And our vision is that we see a thriving people from all ages, nations and backgrounds who are impacting the multitudes in Norwich and beyond and who are known for the tangible presence of God. Amen. Life-changing Bible truth, powerful supernatural encounter, generous community, tenacious advocacy, the justice and unrelenting commitment to connect the world to Jesus. Amen. That's what we see. That's what we see ourselves becoming. And that's really, you know, stepping into the leadership only 
you know, senior leadership this year, and of course I've been part of this church since 2017, I've seen a shift, and I've seen that we are letting the main thing be the main thing. Amen? And we're letting things that used to bother us in terms of, I don't know, preferences of services, not that kind of thing. It's not important. If, I, if we were to take down the screen and the mics and everything and just come in this room and worship like we have done, then that would still be an amazing warning and God would move. It's only for the sake of who, those who aren't with us that we'll set it up this way because not everyone who's here is part of our church for various reasons. And it's important that we go to the next stage, church online, people seeing us outside of the four walls as well, hearing the word of God. I, um, I, I wondered about the whole church online thing in terms of streaming the whole service and over time I realised it's not the thing for us to do. I realised the main thing is for people just to see the word, to see the message and that's what we do for now, is see the message. And I think it's a lot less clumsy and I think it's a lot more straightforward for people to just see a message and just hear uh, the speaker for the day. So that's, that's what I'm going to continue uh, for us to do, but remember that God has an original plan for his church, and that's what I really want to talk to you about today, I'm talking about the vision of Pentecost. You know, the church in the 21st century in the West is needing help because we've lost something that we lost, that, we, that was there in the first century with the disciples, amen? But God has shifted things back to simplicity, back to a powerful, tenacious church, like we've seen, uh, as we talked about in the mission, that he is moving us into what we're supposed to be. He's refining us. He is shaping us again into his original plan. I'm not saying we're going to be just like the first century church. There's no way we could be. The circumstances are very different. But we will be a church that's right for now, that's right for the time that we find ourselves in, which is an incredibly weird time. You know, at some point in the future, you'll be telling your kids or your family members, do you remember when we sat in a church hall with masks on, drinking a Ribena for communion? And some of you will not remember, because that's just how life is. You don't remember things like that sometimes. But it's important that we live for the time we're in. And so, as you know, uh, for us, God has given us many prophecies. Oftentimes, words have come in the service or through speakers or whoever. And of course, not every prophecy that someone shares is from God. You weigh it up, you see, but over time you see patterns. I want to talk to you about this later on. And so I want to read the scripture to you today that we're going to look at. Len's already expanded on it, but I want us to go back to the uh, book of Acts, chapter 2. And reading from verse 42 through 47, it's going to be on the screen. Just amazing that Len shared that. And you didn't know I was sharing that today, so praise God. This is after the day of Pentecost, following on from the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit has been poured out on the church from heaven. They've been empowered. Miracles are starting to take place. And God is continuing the mission of Jesus through the disciples of Jesus. And they, the early church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. 
and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Just really feel the Holy Spirit today. It's, it's been an incredible week for me. I've had such an answer to prayer this week, not related to church, related to something else. I'm just blown away. So if I crack up today, uh, just excuse me, but I've had such a wonderful breakthrough to prayer. Something I prayed for for our family for such a long time. And yesterday, God did it. And oh, thank you. You know, when when you're in the overflow, when you're in the flow of God's spirit, when you going in the direction he's called us to do. He does things. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened with the early church. You see, the signs follow those who believe. In Mark chapter 16, Jesus, when he gave the Great Commission to his followers, he talked about how these signs will follow those who believe. Some people think that shouldn't be in the Bible, that passage. But I believe it, it should be. And it's, it talks about how Miracles, signs, and wonders will follow. That's not just healings and those things. It's God confirming his word. It's God showing you he's with us. And that's what the early church had. There was a witness that they had through the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit. Many things were happening. But it's not simply about the miracles. You know, that's not the most miraculous thing. You know, you can have a church of miracles and everyone's falling out with each other, right? You know, the great miracle is that we love each other and have all things in common. And are generous. You know, that's that's truly miraculous. But we would be a church like them, and you are a very generous church. And I really do mean that sincerely. Where we don't think about the possessions of the things that we have. They're not the main thing. You know, in our culture and society, it's all about the stuff. It's all about the house. It's all about the car. It's all about whatever, right? And the early church says it's not about that. It's about the gospel, and when thousands of believers from the known world came to Pentecost in Jerusalem, they had a pilgrimage to Jerusalem to celebrate Pentecost. Those believers, those new believers in Jesus, the Jewish believers, had to stay there, had somewhere, they need somewhere to live. And so the believers said, you can have my house, you can have my thing, you can have that. Someone has a need, I'll give it to them. Isn't that amazing? To go, my house and all the things I've got, they're not the main thing. The gospel is. Now, I'm not telling you you need to give us your house. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we need to be orientated and have our priorities straight. That this life is temporary. The stuff we've got is temporary. But souls are forever. Mm-hmm. The, the gospel is the everlasting gospel. And it must go forth to the next generation. And people must hear it. You know, when I was Norwich, you know, as you know, I'm not from Norwich originally, I moved from Cambridge. And I remember, I think it was 2011, when I was starting to get a sense of God wanted us to, to be here. I mean, years before we ever came here, we used to visit on days out. And you know, Norwich was called at the time. Does anyone remember this in the newspapers? The city without faith. Because at that time, they did a survey. So the most amount of people who would say they're completely unaffiliated with any religious organization, any religious belief, atheist, secular, 
Yeah. That was this city. And um, I think God likes a challenge when he hears the city without faith. I wonder if he says we'll see about that. I wonder if he says we'll do something about that. And I think that's what he's doing. And so when I talk about a vision for Pentecost, I'm talking about this. I'm talking about when we prioritize our lives, when we prioritize the main thing, we keep the main thing the main thing, and we expect that God will show up, and he's the number one focus, and the gospel going forth is our focus, right? He's going to show up. He's going to do things, and he has been doing things. And you know, even when we went online and did all the church services, God healed people in our church service, in our Zoom meetings. Arthritis, you know? Things like that happening. Nothing can stop God. Nothing can stop what he's doing. You go on Zoom, he's still there, you know? But I don't think we're going back to church online in that sense. We're moving forward and we're not going to give up on the believer, you know, meeting together. I regret that we maybe gave into the pressure of the world so easily. And I believe God wants to move us forward. I've talked about how there's a mission that we have and there's people to reach. You know, for the marginalized, for the people in our city that need us, need the gospel, you know, need a change, you know. The work that needs to be done in culture, in the student culture, in the marketplace culture, you know, we can have an impact on those things. And God, as you know, I gave, had a word at the start of the year, just before I was appointed as lead pastor, that from January to March, that we were to come together as a single connect group, and we did, and God did some amazing things in that time. But from April onwards, it would be the time of being launched forward into our places of influence. That was a word I kept giving. And it's interesting that April was the time that we came back together, meeting again. And for many people, a big shift started to take place in people's lives in April. And in our lives as well, and a sense of moving forward and not going back to what was there. There's been this sense of that it's a new day, you know. I remember earlier on in the year, I was just praying and I just felt like God was almost ushering, uttering his words through me, you know, kind of prompting me to, to shout out, it's a new day. It's a new day. It's not the same. We're not going back. Yeah. We're not going back. Now, that's scary because we left the familiar and the comfortable. We'll just come on a Sunday, we do our thing, and I'm not criticizing anyone, I'm just saying there's a deeply ingrained mentality that we have, the church mentality. We're going to go to church on Sunday. I'm going to go to church on Sunday. If you hear those phrases, alarm bells, because we are the church. When it says the church met together, right? The church, you know the word, the Bible word. There's different ones, there's koinonia, things like community, being in common, having things in common, that's all that word is there, koinonia. There's also ecclesia, and that's like God's, it's, it's like God's representation, it's like God's special people to solve issues, right, and to represent him, like a government almost, right. And of course we see church and we just think of a building. Church is not the building, we meet in a building. If we were to go, let's go in the park right now, we would still be the church. We still have church because you are the church. When you're at work tomorrow morning, you are the church. You are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. 
in my workplace, you know, I came from a secular work, I went to Bible college, met my wife there, and I went to the secular workplace for years, about five years, and I mainly worked in a, an English language school for foreign students, and some of them never heard the gospel before. You know, I had one student, um, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't really preach in the job, but I just somehow got away with it for years. Saw people healed in my office. I saw one of my colleagues who even came to one church service once, he was from Italy. He said, I, I was talking about miracles, and he talked about, I have this horrible back pain, Sam. And it's because my hip is growing that way. And the doctor said, he showed me a picture on his phone, that one day I'll be twisted over sideways. And I can't walk for more than two miles without being in pain. And he was Italian, he was Catholic, he was a fantastic guy. And I said, just sit in that chair, Marco. I think I'd love to pray for you. And he thought I'd just say a few nice prayers to bless him. And I picked up his leg and said, in the name of Jesus, I command this leg to grow out. It grew out in front of him. And he stood up and he said, I feel like I'm walking on a book. And he was all white-headed. But that weekend, his mom and his girlfriend came to visit him from Italy. And they went for a big walk to the Grandchester Meadows, if anyone knows Cambridge. He walked there and back, straight. His legs straight, he's not, he's not. And he, he actually came from Cambridge to a one church service a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, still stay in touch with him. And there was one time I was in a classroom with him. <laughs> we were just cleaning a room, I can't remember what we were doing. And he said, Sam, why did Jesus, I don't understand why Jesus died. Why did Jesus die? And I, I got up, a, there was a whiteboard, and I got a pen, and I did a, a cliff edge that side, and a cliff edge that side. I said, there's man over there, there's God over here, what's the problem? Oh, there's a gap in the middle, isn't there? That's right, there's a gap. That's sin, that's the separation between God and man. Now, here's a man, I did a picture of a stick man. Can that man get across to that side? No. So what's going to have to happen then? Well, God's going to have to do something. Exactly. Do you know what God did? And I drew a cross in the middle. When, God, when man couldn't come to God, God came to man. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Not counting their sins against them. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. That's the gospel. That's the message that we live and we love. That we believe to, to, for people to know. And Christians pay the price for that. We've got brothers and sisters from Nigeria. As you know, they, they pay the price there. Many of them in rural, in rural Nigeria, with Boko Haram, doing what they do. They don't let it stop them. They love God nonetheless because they know it's not God doing these things. It's our enemy. And I'm telling you all this because I'm telling you that there are great days ahead for every age and generation. We talked about every age and generation. I talked about a story where I've seen someone healed, but I want to tell you one quick story where I've seen God do something amazing. It was a couple of years ago. I was at my friend's church in Lincoln. He started a, he started a church in the housing estate area. In Lincoln, and uh, I lived with him for a little while just before Hannah and I got married. I was helping him in those initial days, and um, it was great. And we left and ended up moving to Cambridge, but I, I came back and saw him time to time. And a couple of years ago, around Christmas time, 
he had his service and uh, he said to me, if you want to say anything at the end, Sam, just go ahead and say what you like. But I felt like God told me, don't do anything until you pray for those two brothers. Now, those two brothers were about seven and five years old, something like that, seven and five. And I just kept seeing them running around the room the whole time and, you know, doing what they do. It was great. And at the end, I said, and then Darren, I think my friend Darren said, who wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit? That's what he says. And the two boys said, me, 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 me. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Darren said, okay, well, Sam, my friend is here. He'll pray. He'll pray. And so the seven-year-old boy comes, and he's just become a Christian, like, within the last few months, you know, that, that year. It's Christmas time at this point. And part, in that year, God had healed this boy's foot from, like, this foot injury that he had. And he'd become a Christian as well. And I just start looking at this boy, and I start going into this vision of him and his future, basically. And I see him, this big man with this beard, cooking all this food and inviting everyone in and just looking after people and stuff. And I, was, and I just kind of explained this vision to, to them. And it's like, this is mom's getting quite emotional because this boy loves cooking. He's doing cooking classes. His passion in life is cooking. Like, well, this sounds right. And he loves inviting people to things. So he always likes inviting them to, to church stuff. And I believe she, she worried about his future. And God went, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. And he, and he said, I said, would you like to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And he, because you're a Christian now, you can ask God, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Would you like that? I was like, yes, yes, yes. I was like, close your eyes. And just God just starts to flow in on him. I just feel like this just wonderful sense of the presence of God. And then I look up at his mum and I go into another vision. It's not to brag, by the way. Someone thinks Sam's bragging, but I'm not. Because I can't do these things. I am not powerful. I am not a mighty man of God in my own strength. Right? I'm not. The Holy Spirit, I just love the Holy Spirit. I love what he does. And I said yes to him for years and years and years. And that's the way. And so I go into this vision and I see like an x-ray and I see this back and hips. And I said, I think you should pray for your mother. And I said, do you have an issue with your, your hips? And it was the same, like I said, with the, my friend Marco. And she had a real issue. It was really twisted. And she had surgery and all sorts. And I was going to pray for her. And God, I felt this, this inhibition. Don't you pray. Let him pray. I felt like Holy Spirit. Love. And so this boy puts his hand on his mother's leg. I say, just say these words with me. In the name of Jesus. Close his eyes. In the name of Jesus, I command, I command this leg to grow right now. This leg to grow right now. Amen. And then he does this. It's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. He starts going, oh, oh, right? It feels like rocks. What? He was feeling the power of God come out of his hand, and he said, it feels like rocks. If it feels like rocks, it feels like what rocks, you're not gonna argue. But as he's going out, she's going out, because her back and her leg are twisting forward. And she gets up and she goes, That's, I feel way better. And we're just praising God and having a great time. Now, I've seen other miracles of the legs grow, but that was wonderful. He was seven years old. Become a Christian a few months before. Would you like to receive the Holy Spirit? Yes. Would you like to pray for your mother? Yes. Miracle. That was easy. 
every age. You know the Holy Spirit? You know when children receive the Holy Spirit, they don't get a junior Holy Spirit. <laughs> they don't get Disney Holy Spirit. They get the same Holy Spirit. Because the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. You know when you talk about the Holy Spirit, it just likes to show up a bit. Praise God. You feel it? <laughs> it's going to be a good morning. Prophecies. Prophecies, prophecies, prophecies. Building a permanence. You know, we're, we've been somewhat of a nomadic church. Anyone who's been with us for a while, a little bit nomadic. Where do you mean? Oh, we've changed it to another place now. Oh, sorry. You were at that school, weren't you? Hewitt School? No, 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 we're now, no, no. We're now at Jane Austen College. Oh, right, okay. Aren't you meeting Jane Austen College? No, we couldn't meet there anymore because of COVID. We had to leave. Oh, okay. Where are you meeting now? House of Prayer. Oh, that's good. You know, you're trying to explain to people our journey. And uh, and it's been it's been a challenge, but it's you know, and I don't think personally, my spirit, I don't think we do well as a nomadic church. I don't mean that we can't do it. I don't mean that our team aren't amazing. They are. You know, Pete, how you guys set the room up and how you sort it out is incredible, and the way you get on with it is wonderful. The teamwork, you know, it's 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 and you're a voluntary team doing it in your own time. And it's wonderful. I really commend you, every single one, Connections team, everything that you do. And I think God wants us not to just be focusing our energy on setting up rooms all the time and having to move from place to place. And since 2019, I've had a sense there was, there was one building which has been on my mind in particular, and Hannah's mind, and other people's mind as well. And I wondered if one day that we would be meeting in this building. And so, a lot happened, COVID came last year, then we met here, and then we're meeting here, and I'm thinking, I don't think we're going to be here that long. Practically, long term, stuff in the week, I don't think we're going to be in this building forever. Uh, and, and I just and I just sensed that. And um, a couple of months ago, or less than a couple of months ago, more like one month ago, um, Jill, who runs Call to Prayer Ministries, they rent this building from someone else. They told me they won't be they won't be renting this building much longer. In fact, they may be out as early as June. Ah, we just moved in here. <laughs> I was having a bit of a freak out finding out about that because we settled in. We just tell people move, we're going to be doing services soon, you know. And everyone's like, so good to be finally in the house of prayer. I'm thinking, yeah, praise God. But I don't think. And it was a question: Will they stay or not? But only in the last kind of couple of weeks they could burn. We're not going to stay in here anymore. And we're not going to stay here any longer than June. And so we start, I started to wonder about those two buildings, those two buildings I had on my mind of where we could go. There was one that I thought, this could work. No, it won't. And we prayed about it. In fact, it wasn't me just praying about it. It was all of our team now. Hannah and Carol and everyone were just praying and thinking about it. I was also talking with people in Elif, our denomination. And, and asking for guidance, what do you think? And there was pros and cons with that one, and there was pros and cons for that one. It's a bit like Goldilocks, you know? One was too hot, one was too cold, right? <laughs> but this one is just right. I want to tell you that today. As you know, we're not the only Elim church 
in Norwich. There's us, our official name is One Norwich Elam Church. We just call ourselves One Church. There's also Norwich Elam Church, and they have a wonderful building. They're on Troy Street, which again is about a couple miles from here. And we, as some of you will remember, because some of you were there, we held the, if you want to put the picture up just to remind people, we did our um, light party there in 2019, October. We had an amazing response. We did uh, a party with their church and our church together in their building. I don't have any pictures of the inside, but it is a big building. It's, it's, you know, it's a really good size, good location. And we had so many people come from the local area. We just put out a few flyers. So we're doing a light party for the kids, and, you know, and loads of people came. And ever since then, Hannah and I in particular were thinking, will we ever do something with that? Is there a home for us there? And I'm here to tell you that I think that is the case. Because at the start of this year, we were wondering, are we going to be at the lighthouse? Are we going to be here? Is this the right place? Then we find out, no, call to prayer, moving on. Then they are actually going to a different building in the city. They're downsizing their operations, but they've had a lot of changes. And again, I wondered about which buildings it would be, but I spoke to Norwich even, and they were at a point where they were saying to Elon, the region leaders, we want to see our building used because they have not had a minister for over a year. They have not had services since March until only last Sunday. They've got a wonderful interim team just kind of keeping things ticking over with the members there and so on. But it's been a challenge for them. It's been a challenge for every church. And their church building is hardly used. At the moment, they only use it really for Sunday mornings. And so because of that, because we are Elam Church, they're an Elam Church, they've got a building, we don't have a building, right? One plus one is two, right? And so I started speaking to them, you know, with them and with other people here, and do you think this would work? And really within the last couple of weeks, you know, Hannah and I had some official meetings with Elam, and really there was a consensus, this is right. This is going to be a really good place for you, for doing things in the week, for touching the community. Now, some of you might not really be aware where this is. You'll have to maybe Google it later on. Um, but it is the best way to describe it. If anyone knows where uh, Chapelfield Park is, you know where the park is? And you go kind of just down a few streets into that housing estate, it's there. And it is an area that needs help, right? It is an area of the town where it has it's a struggle for a lot of people living in there, and it's not their fault, but this is the way the world is at times. And um, it is an area that needs a thriving church, touching the community, touching lives. It's also right in the heart of the student triangle as well. As you know, we have a heart to reach students, and it's great that we have so many students with us today and always do. And if we were to move well out of town, I think it would have worked. If we were to rent another school hall, I don't think it would have worked. If we'd gone with the other buildings that I had in mind, I don't think it would have worked. But Norwich only have a wonderful building, and they're saying, please use it. That would change everything for us, because it would be a place where we could continue to meet. Now, the one thing you need to understand is that we are 
to remain as a distinct congregation from them. So we, they are Norwich Healing Church, we're one church, okay. And like I said, they don't use the building so much. So there is scope to do things in the week, and there's scope to do things on Sundays. But because they've only just started meeting again on Sundays, they will continue to be using the building for now on Sunday mornings. So that means for us is that we would be going to meet there in the Sunday afternoons. And we're going to be proposing that would be three o'clock. And the, the students are like, yes, climbing. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's what you're saying. Sorry, Ben. Just assuming that. But hey, it's good if you're a student to get a bit early, right? And because um, you guys work so hard. But there is a great machine. Maybe it's that's not what I said. <laughs> but I'm just saying, when you think about it, though we used to meet on Sunday morning, there are, there's an opportunity, like I said, it might not be forever, I'm just saying for now, this seems to be the right thing. So 3 p.m. services on Sunday will be starting from the 6th of June, because on the first week of June, quarter of our moving out of it. That's how quickly things have happened uh, with us. And so on the 1st of June, Tuesday, 1st of June, uh, going to, we're going to be moving everything over there and we're going to be looking at how we can share resources. You know, isn't that so good? We won't be putting up a screen, we won't be setting up a computer, all that kind of stuff. A lot of that's just there already. And that's going to be peace. Come on. It's going to be good. And um, we won't have to put up speakers, they're already there. There's so many matches. They have a baptistry as well. So when we see hundreds of people getting saved, amen, we're going to have a baptistry there. We're going to have the opportunity to to um, to be in a community that have a thriving church. And like I said, Norwich Healing are a wonderful church. The, the interim team there are wonderful and they're saying, we want to work with you and we want this church to be used for the glory of God and the good of the area. And I'm thinking, so do we. So do we. So I know that's a lot because a lot of you, some of you, you know, most of you are finding out about that for the first time. But if I didn't think this was the right thing, if we as a team didn't think this was the right team, right thing, then we wouldn't be going for it. But we think it's definitely the right thing. And like I said, you know, not using it on a Sunday morning, that's different, of course. That's the, the major change. But nonetheless, it's not so important when we meet. It's what we do, it's who we are, it's who we're becoming, it's who we reach. That's the main thing. And so, like I said, we're going to need some help. Um, to be moving things over. So on Tuesday, 1st of June, that's our provisional date for when we're actually moving things over. Um, some of you have said, I want to volunteer, I want to help with things. So the first week of June, on Tuesday, 1st of June, uh, we're going to have a big move over uh, to, to the building. You know, in terms of volunteers, if you want to do something for us and help us and get involved, that's something you could do with us right away. Um, uh, also as well, you know, in terms of reorganising, reconfiguring things, there's a lot to think about. So again, we need, you know, guys who come along and helping and so on uh, where you can, and just really making it work as well. I've also, I just want to say as well that um, something I shared at the start of the year. I know you're thinking, oh, Sam's gone too far. Now. What was going to say? I want you to bear with me because I believe God's in this as well as. It's, it's great to meet on a Sunday morning, and I think ideally that's the time that we should be aiming to meet, is the mornings, okay? And I think, I think that will happen in time. Um, it just, just depends how it goes with the church, how we can organise things. But 
I've already shown at the start of the year that it'd be great in the summer to begin outside and the services outside. But as you know, they are located right by Chapel Field Park, you know, the one with the big bandstand. And I, and I was wondering about that Chapel Field Park, and I was pondering on it one week, and I met one of my friends who's an evangelist in, in the city, uh, and I met and bumped into him in the promo when I was out there a few weeks ago. And I said, you know, have you ever thought, so what do you think about online, on, what do you think about doing services outside? He said, oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's a great place for that, Chapel Field Park. And I was like, are you kidding me? Because there's another church that do services out there, and people come, and there's people around and listening and so on, and you know what I mean? Like you could begin on having a summer, you know, instead of just being in a room with masks, okay, which isn't great, let's face it, um, just being honest, why don't we just get out, we could sing, we could talk to people, we could be flexible, not saying we're going to do that every week, we're just saying we'd have the opportunity to do that as and when it's right, and when we feel that's right to do, you know what I mean? And we could be flexible with that. There's all kinds of possibilities now, and I think this is the benefit certainly outweigh the costs with this move, and so, um, no one's saying a lot, you're all looking at me very quiet. <laughs> I want someone to just walk up and say, no, I'm not happy, or something, I need some reaction, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, but when you step into the unknown, and when you're stepping forward with the Holy Spirit, you're not always going to know everything, you're not always going to know how it's all going to work, he knows, and he's been leading us, he's been putting that place on our mind for a long time. There's one other thing I'll say as well, which is that on that estate, they had a great facility there um, called the Vauxhall Centre. The Vauxhall Centre, if anyone knows it, it was a council run building, social care work and so on. I believe that's now closed down. That is right across the road from Archie unit. So that area is even in more need than it had, and there's also an extra second building over there that could be used in time. You know what I mean? God could do something amazing in that estate in time. And I think we're just stepping in at the opportune time that he's going, get ready, get ready, get ready. Amen. Yeah. We're just gonna ask God to to really speak to us and you know just just pray that God will make his way clear to us. If anyone has kind of words and prophecies or impressions, I want you to kind of come up and, and we'll, we'll let you share that in front. But let's just stand to our feet and just pray and just welcome what the, the Holy Spirit is doing. Just ask him to have his way. You know, we have the bread and the loaves, but he has the miracle. He has the miracle. He knows what he's doing. And he has provided for us a home and a place of permanence for us. And one that makes sense. And one that's going to work. And I thank you, Father. I thank you.